It's always interesting to explore Paul's thoughts by jumping ahead a sentence or two or sometimes a paragraph uh, and see at the, what he's thinking about at, at the end. And uh, we see that as well in our uh, uh, passage today. You remember Paul is talking about um, boasting that's excluded. Uh, the, the, since the gospel is about God giving his son to the sacri- as a sacrifice for the world and uh, giving his son as a judgment against sin and taking away his own wrath and appeasing it by uh, sacrificing himself for all the evil of the world. Um, he said all that, and he said, therefore, where is boasting? And it's excluded. Why? On what principle? But on the principle of faith. Uh, if we have to have faith to believe that we are saved, then we are certainly not saved by our works. If we have to have faith, in other words, that Christ has atoned for our sins and uh, saves us by his goodness and righteousness, then obviously we don't have any works to credit for ourselves. Um, We have to believe. Uh, But also, we need to understand that that faith is a gift from God. So when we have it, we're no better than anyone else. We just received a gift. And as I said, uh, jumping ahead helps us to see where Paul is going. So last time we looked at uh, verse 29 of chapter 3, that which says, um, well, look at verse 28 to get the conclusion, uh, to get the connection. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. A man is declared innocent without any works to his credit, that is, without the deeds of the law, He's declared innocent by faith. But then we have to make sure we understand that the faith is not what it makes him declared, uh, makes him innocent, but the object of faith, which is Jesus himself. And so this really means, therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith in what Christ has done, apart from our deeds of the law. And then Paul goes on to say, Or is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, the Gentiles also. And so Paul is using faith here in a way that, as I pointed out last time, that is all-inclusive, not exclusive, in the sense of, well, I have faith, but they don't, so they're excluded and I'm included. Rather, since I have faith that God can save me, who am such a sinner, then certainly he can save those people over there who will have faith in due time. And then he makes the point, since there is one God who will justify the circumcised, that is, the Jewish people, And that same God will justify the uncircumcised, that is, the pagan people, those who are not Jewish, the Gentiles, and they will be circumcised, uh, they will be saved by faith also. So you see where Paul is going. He's constantly um, widening the boundary line, showing that God's love embraces the world that faith is not an exclusive act initiated by a certain privileged few, but rather faith is God's gift to all humanity 
because there is no difference for all have sinned and continually fall short of the glory of God and are being justified by his righteousness. Now, unless we get bogged down, so we don't get bogged down in all the weeds of of biblical uh, uh, exactness here, what does this mean for you? How do you handle all of this? The temptation, of course, of sin, that is the temptation that comes as a result of sin, is to exclude ourselves, to feel that we're not good enough, that we cannot make it. I remember counseling a man uh, years ago who told me he hadn't been to church for 38 years. He said, I've been so overwhelmed by my addiction and my sinfulness, I just didn't feel worthy. He said, I did once walk up the steps to the church and was about to open the door, and I hesitated, and I just couldn't do it, and he turned away and went back home. Now, what is going on there? Well, it's this being overwhelmed by guilt and shame and fear, feeling that we're not worthy enough to be accepted by God. Well, for sure we're not worthy enough, but God's love is not stimulated by your worthiness. It is your worthiness that becomes worthy as a result of God's love. In other words, God's love is what makes you worthy, not something intrinsic to you that is born, natural born to you, that you commend to God. So, you see, when we feel unworthy, when we feel broken down, we are to lift up our heart and say to God, Father in heaven, you receive me, by faith. And I am beginning to understand now that that faith is given to me by you. I would not be able to believe in you as my Savior, as the one who loves me, as the one who has mercy upon me, unless you opened my heart to know who you are, that not only is Christ my Savior, but you have also given me the faith to believe that he's my Savior. Lord, I'm a Gentile, I'm not a Jew, and the Jewish people are your privileged people, but Lord, they don't get in on any more merits than I have. They are your special people, but they don't have any righteousness. They got their righteousness by being counted as if they were righteous. And Lord, that is telling me something. It's telling me that I also am counted as if I were righteous when I'm not, when I'm a sinner, in fact. So this is how you break through to God. You take these words that we have looked at and you make use of them. You don't simply say, ah, that's interesting, nice bit of theology there. But rather you say, Lord, how does that speak to my heart? Help me to uh, respond to it with faith that you give me. 
So Paul then says, again repeating verse 30, verse 30 of chapter 3, Since there is one God who will justify the, uncirc- the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through faith. Our God is one. God so loved the world, not certain groups of people who are better than others, but all the world who are under the power of sin. Then he makes a statement that really throws people off kilter. He says, Do we then make void or make empty and useless the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. Now, this is a bit of a shocker for many people because Paul seems to be going back to the law when he, also, when he already helped us to put it to one side. He says in, you know, you remember in verse 28, he said, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. That is so encouraging to so many Christians who have been struggling or are struggling with addiction because they're very aware that their addiction does not conform to the law of God and they're constantly trying to make themselves conform to the law of God by overcoming the addiction. But they overcome for a few days or a few weeks and then they fall back again and they say, Oh goodness, how can I obey the law? But then they get this good news, therefore we conclude that a man is declared innocent or justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. And so we go before God and we say, Oh, Father, thank you so very much that you declare me innocent, you justify me, even though I don't have any deeds of the law to, conf- uh, to commend myself. And that's terrific, you see. You've got the gospel uh, nailed down there. Wonderful. But then comes that this verse 31 that throws you off. Do we then make void the law through faith? Certainly not. On the contrary, we establish the law. And some people think this means, oh, once I've been given faith, then I'm going to get strength enough to obey the law then. Oh dear, but my faith isn't strong enough yet. When will it be strong enough? Because I still don't obey the law. I still fail. I still fall. And so the law is put before their mind again as a standard that they must obtain and attain to, and they feel they never will reach it, and therefore they are brought down into despair again, and the gospel is ripped from their fingers because they thought they were justified by faith, But now they have to establish the law by faith. And, my goodness, they just can't meet it. Is that then, do you think, what verse 31 says? Absolutely not. That is completely contrary to the gospel. The gospel is not, well, you don't have your strength strength to be saved and obey God, but Jesus came to forgive all your past sins and now gives you, you strength to obey God so that the obedience you get by faith saves you. No, no. What Paul is saying here is that faith does not ignore the law. It establishes it by doing what the law is pointing us to. Well, what is the law pointing us to? Well, remember what Romans 3, verse 20, 
says in verse 21, by the, law, by the law is the knowledge of sin. We don't get a knowledge of righteousness, a means by which to be righteous by the law. We get a knowledge of sin by the law. So the law is pointing to our sin. But for what purpose? To lay, lead us to rush to Jesus Christ. The purpose of the law is not to make us righteous by the law, but the purpose of the law is to reveal our sin so that we may go to Christ for his righteousness, which is counted as if it were ours. So then, do we make void the law by faith? Certainly not. We, on the contrary, we establish the law, and we establish the law as a means, as a uh, an instrument that reveals our sinfulness so that we see the necessity of Jesus. So if you have gone to Christ for mercy and the forgiveness of sins, if you have gone to Christ to be declared innocent in his righteousness, if you have gone to Christ as a means of access to the Father since he takes you to the Father in his person, then you have established the law, because the law does not want to point to itself and say, here I am, obey me and you'll be righteous. The law rather says, here I am, look what a sinner you are, so you need to go to Jesus. That is establishing the law. What an encouragement that is. Well, Colin Cook here. Thank you for joining me today. You've been listening to my program, How It Happens, which you can listen to on the radio, KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states areas at 10 o'clock in the evening or repeated at four in the morning. Or you can hear the program on your smartphone. Simply down, so, download soundcloud.com or podbean.com and key in How It Happens with Colin Cook when you get there. And if you'd like to make a donation, please do so. You can make it online at faithquestradio.com or you can send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. I'll see you next time. Cheerio and God bless.